0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we stand Kitty Kong. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how you doing? Patrick. You know, I, um,
1: I am grateful every <laughs> week when we get to talk yes. to each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, tonight, I am feeling especially grateful to have this opportunity to just hang out with you and talk about Donkey Kong Country 3, Dixie Kong's Double Trouble. And just uh, you know, like revel in this fun moment that we have to spend together.
0: That was truly a world weary pause on your end, (laughs) (laughs) Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I look obviously the uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in in the world right now, but we are talking about uh, as you said, uh, Donkey Kong Country Three, Dixie Kong's Double Trouble, which is going to be a very fun conversation. But before we have that very fun conversation. I'm afraid we have a much more serious conversation about my copy of Sonic Forces. Would you like to borrow it? You can, or you can get on a list to do so uh, by emailing us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com and giving us a mailing address where we can put the game into an envelope and address it with that address and send it to you. You get to play my copy of Sonic Forces for as long as you want and then send it back. I include return postage and it is uh, addressed already. So you, it's, a, it's a zero effort on your part proposition, other than, of course, the effort that goes into emailing us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. But of course, Mark, this is not a zero cost proposition, right? What, it, what may it cost you to try to borrow Sonic Forces? Uh, y- your soul? No, come on. You may get my copy of Untitled oh, Goose yes, Game. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Of course, that's right. The goose will, of course, collect your soul. Um, you may not request one game over the other. Whichever game you get is the one you get. Either way, you got to return it. Either way, it's in a Sonic Forces box. So, you know, when you open it up, don't be like, oh, I got Sonic Forces. You have no way of knowing. <laughs> Um, Mark, should we just get into it? I-, I feel like we're gonna have a lot to say about DKC3. Yeah, let's do it. I'm really excited. Donkey Kong Country 3, Dixie Kong's Double Trouble! Exclamation point! Uh, came to the Super NES, Nintendo Switch online service. Uh, right at the end of the year, right? Like, maybe uh, a couple days before Christmas?
1: Yeah, I think it was Um, the December update, like, in mid-December.
0: Yeah, I think it was even later, like, December 23 or something along those lines. Might have been a little bit earlier. Look, it's all in the past, who cares? Um, (laughs) The game originally came out on the Super NES uh, in 1996, so, like, a super late Super NES title. Um, Mark, had you ever played this game before? No,
1: which um listeners of the show will remember that I really like I'll even say love the original Donkey Kong Country, but I had never really played Donkey Kong Country 2 um until we did it for the early days Dixie's of the show. Con- or Diddy's Conquest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we played it on the Wii U virtual console. And I had never, ever like even dabbled with the third one, and I knew it only by reputation, which is not like horrible, but people regard it as like
0: a step down from the second title and people consider that second title to be a step up from the original um which i would say is not an opinion that you and i share with the rest of the the community when when you and i played uh dkc2 for this show um i think you and i both had kind of a hard time with it um that uh there was a lot of sort of sameness in like level aesthetics um and the sort of you know rare as a company has this kind of aesthetic which is very like um you know european animation very like english animation where like things just have like big eyes and like aren't cute but like have a cuteness to them i don't yeah. I'm, i don't know if i'm making sense there's an aesthetic no. that i think you and i both have a hard time wrapping our heads around
1: exactly where it's like uh i feel like okay i'm going to make a large gross generalization but I love my this. feeling Do it. is that one of the you know like when I think of Japanese animation, it is, like, cute, cute, and European animation is like, well, if if we make it ugly enough, it'll be cute, and I feel like that's, like, the right. rare aesthetic.
0: It, yeah, it's and it's something that you see, like, out of uh, Ubisoft, like, from the Rabbids, like, the Rabbids share this aesthetic. It's almost like a Wallace and Gromit quality, <laughs> uh, and, and, like, rare, especially during this time in, like, the mid-90s, um, was sort of just, like, going eyeball crazy putting eyeballs on everything to make it like cute which is also i guess it's not really like an un-nintendo thing right like in the mario universe everything has eyes on it you collect a star or a fire flower it's got two pairs it's got a, a pair of eyes on it um so like you know maybe maybe i shouldn't shouldn't be like narrowing it <laughs> in on that as something that I, I don't like um but uh i i think there was another aspect happening to donkey kong country 2 uh and that I do not see in Donkey Kong Country 3, and it is one of the things that I'm going to say right from the outset makes me like this game more than Donkey Kong Country 2. It is that 90s uh, rude rock and roll aesthetic. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you beat levels in Donkey Kong Country 2, uh, Diddy Kong holds a boombox up to his head and like kind of rocks out to it. Or Dixie takes out a guitar and shreds on it, and you get this little like music clip of them going like me me me. Um, there is nothing like that in this game, Uh, outside of Funky Kong. And there's no accounting for Funky Kong. He just he is what he is. But there is no there is no like rude dudes with toods in Donkey Kong Country Three.
1: Yeah, it uh, and that's such a good point. I hadn't really thought about it because like Donkey Kong Country Two, it definitely has that like blue raspberry radical like sense about it i i wonder yeah. if it's because donkey kong country 3 f- like features diddy kong so heavily that it takes like wait, a more which wait sorry which oh sorry is... not not diddy yeah. kong kitty kong so heavily yes. that like it takes on a more playful aesthetic um or playful tone because like kitty kong is a little too young and world like unaware of you know yes. hard rock at this point.
0: <laughs> he's too naive. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I, so I, I think that that's like the, the next sort of place that makes the most logical sense to like start talking about this is that um, this is the first Donkey Kong Country game to not feature the character of. No, I guess it's not the first one to not feature Donkey Kong, uh, as he's not in the second one, but neither Donkey or Diddy are in this game. Uh, they are now, uh, it is led by Dixie Kong um, and Kitty Kong, who is kind of in the Donkey Kong role, right? He is a yeah. baby, but he is a bruiser. um he carries the uh the barrel in front of him, um you know like Donkey Kong or I guess like Diddy did in the previous one but, but he's like the he's like the the yeah. heavy character right like yes, all of these the he- games have like a heavy and light, and so like
1: he uh Kitty Kong is the one who can take down um the larger enemies that mm-hmm. like uh Dixie just bounces off of so um yeah, he definitely plays that. He definitely plays the Donkey Kong role.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's interesting that you say that. Uh, there is a heavy in all of these games, but there isn't a heavy in Donkey Kong Country too. Like Diddy and oh, I guess you right. Yeah. Uh, outside of like her hair twirling thing, which like makes them move differently. Um, Diddy doesn't really do something appreciably different. Yeah. Uh, in like the way he moves, or like the, the amount of like weight he has to his, his his motions. Um, and so like I I liked having these sort of two options the two different ways the two different like strength sets um so that like when i had diddy or when i had dixie i felt like i had you know one set of tools and when i had uh kitty i had a different set of tools
1: yeah you know uh when i well one of the things i just like on like a series-wide basis is how it's like this tag team approach so you had like donkey kong and diddy kong in the first game then diddy kong and dixie kong and then dixie kong and kitty kong um but I so when when I started playing this game, I was initially like using, uh, Dixie as my main, because you know when we did our ranking of the of the Kongs, like yes. I think Dixie ended up winning or at least was very high, and part of it was because like I really like the um, like her kind of like ability to float by twirling yeah. her hair, mm-hmm. and so I was using her primarily, and I was finding the game like. I don't know. I just like wasn't making very much progress or I just wasn't having like that much fun. But when I switched to using Diddy as, or sorry, Kitty as my main, then it was like the game like opened up to me weirdly. And it felt like, oh yeah, like, uh, I don't know if it's intended that way, but that was like the default configuration that I used throughout the game. Like I would switch to Dixie when I needed her ability to do something, but primarily I like felt most comfortable using Kitty, which really surprised me.
0: Well, I, and I think a lot of that is rooted in um, that uh, this game is actually a very good, very competent platformer. Um, and Kitty, when you play as Kitty Kong, it feels very much like a standard platformer, right? Like you are running, you are jumping, you are rolling into the bad guys. Um, and like Dixie's abilities sort of encourage you to be in the air a little bit more, and when you're in the air too when you're traversing too much space in the air you're sort of vulnerable to attacks and stuff um, that you wouldn't be if you are playing as Kitty on the ground, you can start rolling. Um, So like, I, I think the the game actually has, is very smartly designed in that way to, because like, you know, I, I remember um, playing the original Donkey Kong uh, country and using Diddy mostly because he was faster because you mm-hmm. can cartwheel just like a little bit further. Um, and really only using Donkey Kong when i needed to like kill those big muscly guys, right? Um but like uh the fact that they're both pretty much grounded, you know, means that like the game is a, a pretty much grounded game. Um and i just i i liked that this that DKC3 um sort of presents both like you you have to approach it both ways. You have to be both grounded and sort of like an aerial player.
1: Yeah, yeah. I also th- like i also played as Diddy a lot when I was playing the original game, like you said, just because like he's like faster and everything. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, in this game, I didn't find like Dixie's speed to be super helpful. Um, I also thought that it was interesting that like when you uh, in most instances that it mattered, like using Dix- Dixie's like hair to scoop up the barrels, like it, it was a little too high. Like the trajectory was like not exactly right. Yeah. Like, that's why I ended yeah. up using, like, Kitty a lot, too, because it just felt like, like, in boss
0: battles and things like that, that, like, um. Yeah, you understood un- where it was going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and this is, uh, this is maybe one of the flaws of the game. Um, I, I, I didn't actually, while I was playing it, I, I couldn't determine, like, where I came down on it. But I feel like there are too many times where the game, uh, is giving you a, a little test of, like,. How can you hold on to this barrel long enough to take it to the thing you need to kill to, like, get through the next uh, little area? Like, these little, like, mini puzzles of, like, what do you have to execute in order to get over there? Um, And with Dixie holding the barrel above her head, if you get too close to an enemy from below, Mm -hmm. then it shatters, whereas uh, Kitty's holding the barrel in front of him. And he just, it just feels like a more uh, natural way to, uh, you know, like, navigate those spaces
1: yeah totally what did you think of so like every level in donkey kong country 3 um one of the collectibles that you can find are these like dk coins that are being held by like one of the um enemies and uh the enemy is holding like the coin like a shield and depending on where you are standing or like your height um he will like uh move to follow you and so uh, he can
0: either face left face right or hold it above his head
1: right and then you know uh located next to him is a barrel and then you pick up that barrel and each is like a mini puzzle like trying to figure out like okay how do i um knowing that he will face whichever direction i am standing yeah like how do i get this barrel to kill him so i can collect the coin and i ended up like i by the end i was not going for each and every one but in the beginning i found it like very like addicting like I really liked that extra edge to it that it was more than just like oh collecting like the Kongs or collecting or like collecting the K-O-N-G or collecting like the um doing all the bonus barrels like I liked this uh added element to it
0: yeah I mean it it feeds into the we're a little bit all over the place here but I think it's okay there's a lot in this game and I am certain that we will cover it all and we'll loop back around to it um you know there are a lot of uh collectibles in this game um and they all end up being uh, like differently meaningful. Um, the uh the the DK coins, um the sort of uh B explosion coins, the the bear coins, um the K O N Gs, and then bananas and uh, I guess also the banana birds on top of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I don't know that I I liked the the DK coin guys as as much as you did. Um, partially because. Uh, there is such a stark, for me anyway, there was such a stark difference between the ones that I uh, looked at and immediately understood what I needed to do and could execute on it immediately and those that I'd never figured out. You know what I mean? Like, there were very few where, like, I encountered them and was like, how am I supposed to do this? And then like kind of walked around for a minute, and then was like, "Oh, I get it." Um, I either knew immediately or just <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> "Well,
1: I guess we'll never know." <laughs> the the part that was like interesting about those to me, and the reason why like I kind of glommed onto them is they were like enough of a puzzle for me in the sense that yeah. like none of the solutions were really um, like very complicated. Like it didn't involve you like going way out of your way or anything. Like. It's all pretty much the same. It's like, okay, I need to stand in one area and then, like, get this barrel to hit him one way or the other. And so knowing that, like, the parameters were so small, it was like, okay, there's only, like, a handful of ways that this yeah. can go. Yeah. So, like, um, let me figure this out. Which I think is just, like, my approach, like, why um, sometimes puzzle solving in games like i don't enjoy where it's just like no like i need to just know the handful of rules same with like breath of the wild i think why i enjoyed like the um puzzle solving in breath of the wild compared to some other zelda games is because sometimes i just felt like oh no i have like five things at my disposal and so yeah like let me just like figure out which of these five i need to use um and that's how i felt about this the dk coin where it was like yeah like i can uh I didn't mind spending time on it just because I felt like the parameters
0: were pretty yeah, clear. Yeah, you already had the rules, yeah. Um, and that, that does make sense. I, I feel like that's actually true of all of the um, sort of like mini game encounters in, in this thing too, whether it's um, just finding the coin or uh, beating the bad guys or doing the thing where you have to collect the green bananas as they disappear. Um, that like it, it, It's one of the things that I uh, remain like impressed with the Donkey Kong series is the ability to present these very, like, bite-sized challenges, Um, but I will, and this is uh, the the point in the episode where, you know, I I will fully admit to abusing both save states and uh, the rewind function um, when playing this game, Um, and for a lot of these, like, bite-sized challenges or, you know, anything where you're going into, like, the the barrel and, um, you know, collecting all the stars or whatever, um, that when I messed it up, I could just try it again, um, and it is something that is so revolutionary to the way you experience the game um, that it feels natural. Like, if you mess up one of these little mini challenges, you should get to try it again immediately if you want to. Um, and so, like, I, I would encourage anyone who, uh, you know, maybe play this game a little bit uh on like SNES back in the day or on a different virtual console who then uh like gave it up because it is either too difficult or like you know wh- what whatever whatever reason i would say that it is absolutely worth reinvesting your time into now that you can just rewind on the SNES classic edition or not classic edition the switch online
1: yeah i 100% of, like abused the rewind feature as well and you know one of the reasons that you and i did not Really enjoy Donkey Kong Country 2 is because that game is so punishing. Like um, yes, the the platforming there's just a lot of like blind deaths where you're like well there was zero way that I could have known that that was going mm-hmm. to be there, and so then you die in this game as well. Yeah, yeah. T- completely true in this game. But the difference was is that we played Donkey Kong Country 2 on the Wii U Virtual Console, which did not have a rewind feature. So when you died, you either had to start at the beginning of the level, or if you were lucky enough to make it to the midpoint, you know you would start from there. This the, game, there,
0: there, there are there are also save states that you can enact in on the, on the understanding. They're a little in, bit clumsier. Yeah. Well, and it's
1: save states, but it's not like rewind feature. So you couldn't just go that's back right, like right. three seconds unless you knew that you were going like that it was there yes. and then you made a save state, which we definitely did, I think, at some point. We never knew.
0: That's <laughs> why we call it a blind dead point. Like Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. But it's so with this game, like um, it makes me want to like, with this game, I abused rewind states, like, all the time. Like, I just rewound because I was like, there's no way I'm doing this again. But I found that, like, such an enjoyable way to go through this game. It does make me want to go back and replay Donkey Kong Country 2 because I wonder if, like, I, I mean, I think obviously I would enjoy that game more um, being able to play yeah. that way. It also makes me wonder if, because, like, my memory, it, I, I can't even really say what my memory of Donkey Kong Country is because I've, like, played th- that original game so much. That it is, totally. you know, like, uh, so ingrained in, your bones. in me. Yeah. And so, like, is the first game as unfair as the second and third game probably is? Like, my memory is it's not, but I was also, when I first experienced it, a kid who could sink the time into just dying over and
0: over and over again. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, a that, that, totally fair question. Um, and I mean, if, if you want to sort of go through and just sort of talk about um, some of the ways that either you think, uh, Donkey Kong Country 3 does or does not improve over 2, I am totally game to do that because I think that there are a lot of things um, that have nothing to do with how we played it um, that I think are better in DKC 3 uh, versus DKC 2. Uh, and one of those is just sort of in the ways that the designers cho- <coughs> chose to flex, graphically speaking, um, because Donkey Kong Country 2 uses a lot of, of uh, parallax scrolling and uh, like mode seven effects to uh, sort of fake depth of field um, a- as you're playing the game, um, and you know uh, that that make it really difficult to see where you are on a platform, right? Like they that they do this thing where um, I'm thinking about the the do- the levels in Donkey Kong Country 2 where the water level is like raising and lowering, um, and uh, like there are like three or four different layers of background uh, and you can see the water in the foreground and like in the, and it all like it moves too much and it's like, it's too much visual noise. Um, and that kind of thing is cut down on here considerably. Um, but like, they're still making really smart choices about the sort of stuff that they can present. Like there's a, there's a series of levels here uh, that are vertically based where there are uh, waterfalls that you can travel in front of and behind, um, and you know if you're traveling behind the waterfall, then you have you know different enemies that you need to watch out for, like barrels or whatever. Um, so there there is this game does a really good job of faking depth of field uh, without doing it in a way that is like visually confusing. Yeah,
1: that's a that's a really good point. And another thing that I liked about like Donkey Kong Country three more than Donkey Kong Country two is. Uh I felt like looking back on it now like Donkey Kong Country 2 is kind of like the Japanese version of Super Mario Brothers 2 where they took a lot of the same like ideas from the first game and then just like made it like way harder like all the bramble mazes and like all that kind of stuff. Whereas yeah. this Donkey Kong Country 3 I feel like they like broke they didn't feel the need to just like do more of the first game. So the um like the aesthetic is pretty different. Like I think it had a different a designer for like the enemies and stuff like that, like it still carries that rare aesthetic, but like the enemies are different. they're not just a repeat of like the second or the first game um the levels I feel like are a little bit more back to basics um mm-hmm. and even and in this game, like I actually think they're the um uh kind of novelty levels, like the one where the you have that fish that's following you that will like eat, yeah. get angry and like eat you or like bite you if you if you don't feed it fast enough like i actually think those are like not very successful um i i didn't think they were very fun but they're so few in this game whereas i felt like those sort of like novelty levels kind of like dominated the second game a little bit more
0: yeah well that's interesting because like the the those sorts of levels that stand out to me in dkc2 are like the squawks ones where you where you are in like the bramble maze um, and you just are the bird the whole time um, and like I know there are those sorts of levels here but like they didn't bother me that much there's the one where like you're swimming in poison water and so left and right are reversed on your controller oh yeah can I this is another one where like it was like "Whew! thank
1: goodness I'm playing this on the switch because I will just break off that Joy-Con and flip it around, no, hold it upside you did down. <laughs> of course, I did. <laughs> it got a little tricky on like parts where you had to like you were holding it like it didn't always work because when you yeah. in that level when you hop out of the poison water like it then goes it goes back down. to normal. <laughs> yeah. So you can't do it all the time, but yeah, the rest of the time I was like, just flip
0: this Joy-Con around. Um, I, I, I the level is objectively annoying, but I had a fun <laughs> time with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, it. Yeah, I, 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 I liked the sort of level variety here a little bit more, I, I think, than in um, the, the second game. I, speaking of the uh, kinds of levels um, where the, the poison water was, um, they, this game sort of has like two different kinds of water levels. And they're not even uh, actually always water, um, or like filled with water. Um, but like those, the, the pipe levels where you're like inside these giant um, tubes... Um, is aesthetically uh, unique for these games um, and felt like cool and fun and dangerous. And also reminded me a lot of one of the levels in Battletoads, I think level seven, but it might be level eight. I don't remember (laughs) Um, where you are in this like giant tube maze. And just look, first of all, uh, any, anytime you can do a a shout out to Battletoads, you know, I'm there for it. Um, And rare being the developer of Battletoads uh, just is, you know, it's that extra just connective tissue that I so badly crave.
1: And it follows because when we talked about Donkey Kong Country 2, uh, your main theory was that it was actually a sequel to Battletoads, less yep. than a sequel to the original Donkey Kong Country. I still believe it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing that I think Donkey Kong Country 3 did better than Donkey Kong Country 2, and this is like a really tiny one, but like I liked Swanky Kong's like uh, carnival minigame. In this yes. one, so much more than I enjoyed those uh, quiz show levels from um, Donkey Kong Country 2.
0: Yeah, well, because let's, let's address something right up front about those like quiz show levels um, uh, from DKC2, is that it's asking you to pay attention during the dialogue <laughs> portions. And, uh, you know, in this game, as in the second game, uh, the dialogue is useless, right? Uh, you will encounter many NPC characters in both of these games. They will give you information or lore about these dumb little islands and these characters on them, which you do not care about. It's impossible for you to care about, right? Like, it is dumb stuff. And, like, the there's something about the way the text is presented in these games that I have a hard time reading. Um, they will frequently disappear before I'm done reading them. like, uh, And it's just, like, white text on no background um just appearing on the graphic of the I don't know I hate it I think it is some of the worst text as presented in a video game ever
1: It was really odd choices the one that got me was in um the like when you would go into the house of one of the bears like into one of the bears like stores or whatever and we will talk about these bears <laughs> that like their the text that um their what they were saying would be like usually at the top or whatever but then your text was at the bottom and you had multiple choices but you could only see one line at one a time. One at a time. I yeah. don't. Yeah. It must be, it it's, must it's, be like a it's resolution a bizarre thing choice. that doesn't make sense on like HD screens. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was so bizarre. Can I tell you the one piece of dialogue that I did appreciate? And Delly. so the, the, um, the bad guy, the ultimate bad guy in this game is not King K. Rule. It's um, Baron K. Rulenstein. Which um I liked a lot, and there's. Do you think he's not King
0: K Rule? I feel like he still is King K Rule. Oh, do you, though, see? Right? I think
1: I think they're related, but I do not so think that they think are.
0: King K Rule, Captain K Rule, and what's this guy's name? A Baron K
1: Ruleenstein.
0: Okay, you think they're related, but they're not. I think <laughs> okay. so,
1: but uh, the w- one thing I really liked about um in his dialogue in like the final boss battle is uh before you fight him. Well, actually not the final boss battle, but we can get to that later. Um, when you f- before you fight him, you have to fight that like robot boss again, yeah, and then after you destroyed the robot, some of his dialogue is like, my wife's gonna kill me um, <laughs> and I just like that he's canonically married. I think he's yeah, the only no, I, one of these I uh like that too. <laughs> yeah like king ks who are uh, who's married,
0: so good for him who is willing to put a ring on it? do you think the uh, the rest of the uh the king k's um like emigrated and that's why they lost the uh steen at the end of their name (laughs) at ellis island they're trying to make yeah yeah yeah, they're trying to
1: make it in hollywood
0: yeah uh so yeah that that is funny and i i i don't mean to uh be dismissive of all of the like jokes and stuff in this game but i think there is a lot of it uh, a lot of just the text that is too much oh yeah Um, totally Like none that of they're the just br- relying on more words.
1: None of the like brothers bear stuff. Did I like actually like read very closely? And I think let's that it- get into okay. the bears. Right, cool. Mark, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it, it is important that we discuss these bears because they are sort of the cornerstone of how the structure of this game is fundamentally different from the previous two Donkey Kong Country games. Uh, this game uh, is non-linear to an extent. Um, that there are worlds that you can approach in uh, different orders and you have to collect uh, these sort of uh, key items to either upgrade your um, your boat like, uh, of transportation, you know from a boat to a hover boat to a, another a hover boat with skis. <laughs> uh, and you do these by interacting with these Bear brothers. There are like 30 of them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11 12 thir- 13 bears uh and their names are baffle barnacle barter bazaar bazooka benny bjorn blizzard blue blunder boomer bramble and brash um so mark of course the first question i'm i'm just going to ask you is uh which of these bears is your favorite <laughs> i don't remember i'd like they are they all kind
1: of uh blur together for me so if there's 13 of them does that mean that there's 13 like items that you can collect some of them come from bosses and like some of don't them know. don't because so the thing okay, I really liked the the exploration in this game uh, exploration kind of like air quotes, like it's not completely free form, but I liked that instead of just being a like go to point a to point b, like there was that opportunity for exploration, and there were little secrets, and there's a whole like world that at the very like that like crematoa that you know you can access yep. by worrying around the uh the rocks and then it kind of acts like the star worlds in kind of more modern Mario games where you have to earn those bonus coins and then you can unlock like all of the levels and then you can yes. defeat like the real final boss um, version of bear, which I did not do because I didn't no, collect, like enough like bonus ones. There um, are so
0: many of those uh, B explosion coins that you have to collect in order to, cause you need to spend 15 of them to access every single level yeah. in Krematoa. And I have only been able to access one of those levels. <laughs> I
1: was able to get three but and then it wow. was just like and then it was like no more um yeah but i i liked that like i liked that exploration mm-hmm. a lot like i thought that was a cool like plusing of the donkey kong country formula um, but you know you, when you're kind of but i feel like i missed out on a lot of stuff there because i i think i only got like five items maybe max and yeah there was one that kind of looked like chicken feet that you get really early that I still have no idea what like the utility of it is. Cause I had it in my inventory the entire time. So I don't know if I did that. The shell. Oh, it might
0: be the shell. It might be yeah, a shell. You, uh, you get, I think you give the shell to one of these guys. <laughs> of course I don't remember. Um, But I, the, I, I think this to me is one of the, you, you're right that like the um sort of uh like trade quest nature of it is, is fun and engaging. Um, but it is hard to remember what any of the bears are interested in
1: oh yeah um, or where they are or like which or where world they to are. go to yeah
0: because they are so they're they're identical but they wear different clothes um and they all have names that start with b and it's impossible to express personality in any of these things they all just look like kind of sleepy dopey bears um and like I I I really really it's not like you know in uh in Ocarina of Time when you're doing the the trade quest it is very easy to remember like oh I saw this weird guy in this weird town who was doing something strange and I remember him saying that he wanted you know a letter from whoever um and you know like that that sort of stuff sticks in your brain a lot better in a game like that where the individual the individuals taking uh participating in the trade quest have personality. These characters don't, and it is a big problem for the trade quest.
1: Yeah, and I, I feel like, or I guess I'm curious what I missed out on by not, like, going very far with it or, like, completing it. Because it seems like some of them stop your pro- forward progress, but then, yeah. you know, that's resolved pretty quickly because I finished the game. And so, obviously, like, I didn't run up into any that, like, stopped my progress. But I just wonder like, what else is out there that I'm missing?
0: Yeah. Did you do the one where you uh, bring the bowling ball to the guy who loads you up into a cannon and shoots you up into, like, a little, like, hovering island? No, but world? I wondered,
1: that makes so much sense, though, because, like, the hovering, because I remember being in that world with the hovering island and, and then expecting something to open up to get me there. But no, but, like, I don't even know where you got the bowling ball.
0: Yeah, I don't know where I got the bowling ball either. I think I <laughs> traded for it, or spent oh okay, uh, spent bear coins on it from the uh from barter on the on the yeah. first island. So maybe <laughs> maybe
1: maybe if I had figured out that though that was a shell instead of like chicken feet that, and then traded the shell, maybe that would have kicked off like the other part of it that would have um made I could have done a little bit more in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's, I mean, there 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 is like a a deep sea of uh, you know, a, a trading quest in there that I think um, both you and I could probably benefit from going back into um, and, and exploring a little bit better. Um, but one of the things that, you know, I, I, I beat this game a couple days ago um, and uh, have tried to go back in a, a couple times, but the game doesn't do, at least to my eyes, uh, doesn't do a great job of telling you where you still have things to accomplish. Um, once you have finished a level, you get a flag uh, on it that I think is based on whoever you were controlling when you finished it.
1: So that is true. It's either a pink pla- flag for uh, Dixie Kong or a blue flag for Kitty Kong. The one thing that is nice about the sp- specific levels is that if you get every, all the bonuses in that level, there's also a yellow flag. So th- uh, okay. so that's right. how you can tell like if you got everything in that level.
0: Okay. Yes. I have seen this yellow flag. I guess I didn't, uh, I didn't realize that that is part of that. So that's, uh, that, that fixes it a little bit for me. And you know, if I go back into it, I know which levels to, uh, like keep exploring. Um, Mark, how did you feel about the, uh, the way in which you collect banana birds?
1: Oh, so it's like a little mini game. You have to find the caves mm-hmm. when, and the caves are kind of like hidden. Um, I'd say lightly hidden. Uh, I'll, Actually, I should uh, qualify that twice because it's like I didn't find that many of them, so they're actually they're obviously better hidden than I'm giving them credit for. Um, but it's like a little like Simon Says mini game that I didn't particularly care for.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really uh, matter. <laughs> it's uh, super easy, and each one is uh, one, you know, one turn further basically. And the first one you do is like three, um, which is if you can't memorize the the order of pressing three buttons um i mean i don't i don't know what to tell you uh but yeah there, there wasn't like a moment on any of these where i even like stuttered or stalled on it like it uh to me is just like a, it's sort of a gimme you find the secret cave and it's like here you should just get a banana bird mark what's a banana bird <laughs> i don't know this? they
1: even they even they look disturbing i think they're possibly yeah. the most d- disturbing like nintendo foul sense um uh the, uh, like, chicken faces in
0: uh, yeah. Twilight Princess. What is it? It's called, like, an Uku? Yeah, O-O- something O-C- like that. C-O-O, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Those weird face chickens. <laughs> yeah, they're very strange. And when you collect them, so they're banana birds. They're, uh, they, they look like a banana that's been half Half peeled. peeled. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the head is on the peeled half. And there's, like, a beak and eyes. Uh, and then, like, some feet that come out the bottom of it. Um, it's an upsetting animal. I don't like that it exists in this game. Uh, but when you uh, when you collect them, they hang out at Wrinkly Kong's uh, cave. She lives in a cave, right? She seems to live...
1: Yeah, she does. Wrinkly's save cave. Right. Um, Who, I by thought... the way, Wrinkly Kong, not dead yet. Not for some dead reason, yet. For some reason, I thought she was dead in Donkey Kong Country 2. And so when I first encountered her in this game, I was like... She's resurrected, confusing. but no, which would be, you know, maybe not the biggest stretch. She's living in a cave, um, you know, but oh, uh, sure. like Christ,
0: <laughs> I think that was a tomb, but okay.
1: <laughs> uh, but no, I guess uh, she, she's dead in Donkey Kong 64. So something right. between Donkey Kong Country
0: 3 and Donkey Kong 64 killed her. Um, but I So she, you know, she's, she's just living in, in, in this cave um and she's not uh she's not as opposed to her appearance in DKC2 she is not just like a withered granny like she is in in the previous game right she's wearing like workout she's an active granny she's an active she a granny wall walker yep. um like she's uh she's old in body but young at heart um because she also spends a lot of time playing the Nintendo 64. Mark, we need to talk about the Nintendo 64's role in this game, because I find it to be wild.
1: It's really funny. Well, one th- so one thing about the development of Donkey Kong Country 3 is like the team that developed the first two games basically moved on to develop Donkey Kong 64, and this was left to a separate team at, at Rare, which is why like Donkey Kong Country 3, you know, has like a different aesthetic. It has um you know like a different lead composer than the second game uh and i actually didn't notice that wrinkley was playing the nintendo 64 like that it was the nintendo 64 that she was playing um in those save caves that's really funny
0: um so not only is she playing the nintendo 64 she is playing super mario 64 and we know this. Oh wait, because, because the, the music, music the music is Peach's castle music that bum 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 bum.
1: That is so funny because I did not make that connection. I knew that it was Mario music because I was like, oh, that's interesting that they're using like an arrangement of a Mario theme yeah. for the like save theme, but only sometimes. And I couldn't figure out like why some of the save caves had that music and yeah. some of them didn't. That makes so much
0: sense. That is really really funny it's really cool and it's it's a fun little riff on on the uh the peaches castle theme too like it's it's not one for one it but like it is definitely using the same themes uh sometimes when you visit wrinkly she's asleep in the chair and the game is like (laughs) "Uh, she probably wouldn't mind if you say yeah (laughs) um I, i thought i thought that was uh very charming and also there's just something to you know uh taking the um the like frequent encounters uh, away from uh, Cranky Kong and giving them to Wrinkly uh, because she's friendly to you and Cranky is, you know, a jerk. I guess he's Cranky. Um, but like, I don't know, just the game felt overall more positive uh, than uh, the previous games where you have to interface with Cranky all the time. Yeah, I thought so too, because
1: really the, you see Cranky most at Swanky's, like um, mm-hmm. uh, basically you're like throwing balls or, Baseballs or something at a target, and you're competing against Cranky in those iterations. And I feel like that's the most you see of them. Also, this game, as far as I am aware, unless she's hidden in like one of the levels I didn't see, yeah, is completely no Candy Kong. No Candy Kong, no no, candy Kong. which immediately is a big Makes boost. Makes it the best game in the series. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. So, so, uh, we we've uh, we've mentioned the Swanky Kong, uh, like ball throwing games uh, a couple times here already. Um, but, uh, there is also a boss fight that uses, um, a, the, a similar mechanic, um, where you're going up against a, a snowman, um, that you are throwing, uh, snowballs at, and the perspective is, like, you're sort of behind the character, um, and you can either throw to the front row or the back row, um, and the snowman can appear in, you know, uh, anywhere sort of along the X-axis, and then in these two different positions, um, using a lot of the same, uh, mechanics as, as these games. Um, how, uh, did you feel about that sort of integration, uh, either as a minigame or sort of folded into the, the main gameplay in the form of a boss fight?
1: Um, I, I, I liked the Swinkies minigame. Like I actually thought that they were fun. I liked that there's like three iterations and you choose the one that you want to do. Um, yeah. I always, which, did, which one is your favorite? I always did the first one. I always did the one where head to yes. head, head to head. Yeah. I always did head to head. And I, I liked that um, the snowman fight, I actually kind of liked most of the boss fights in the game. Again, heavily aided by the fact that if I messed up, I could just rewind instead of having to uh, start over again, which I think I would then find, I wouldn't find as much enjoyment in them. Because one of the things I liked about it was like the variety. And I thought that they were, a lot of them were like a little bit aesthetically interesting. Not all of them thinking of like that, uh, the ocean one. Um, but. I But very much aided by the fact that I could rewind and just, like, go back a couple of seconds when I messed up.
0: Yeah, really cannot speak highly enough about uh, the rewind feature when playing this game. All of the bosses are uh, so much more palatable when you're able to rewind. It's, it is a crime that these games didn't have something like that built into them in the first place, or even just like a, you can take an extra hit system or or something like a modern Donkey Kong country game where like each Kong also has like a heart um, Mm -hmm. or two, if, uh, if it's a little bit easier. Um, But yeah, I I also thought uh, most of the bosses were cool. Um, I didn't, I I was stressed out by or confused by, or just straight didn't like um, fighting that robot, the chaos robot. Um, because for a long time I did not understand what was going on with the blades that spin around it.
1: Yeah, it doesn't, like, in video game language, it doesn't immediately make sense that you should be able to jump on top of the blades.
0: And that the blades cannot hurt you. You just need, you need to jump on top of the blades. Um, But, like, once, then that's actually something that I had to look up, because I was like, how am I, how am I supposed to, am I, because, like, you you could pick up the other Kong and, like, throw them, yeah and it, like, looks like they kind of hit the head of the thing and like does that count um so yeah i, I eventually was just like forget it i'm looking at that
1: that that was one word like it really i really i benefited from the rewind feature because i was like well i'm just gonna i couldn't figure it out either and i was just like well i'm just gonna throw myself at this blade and see what happens yeah. because knowing that like oh if that's not it i'll just like back it up because i actually one of the things i thought was interesting in this game is that um the bonus barrels so in the first game, a lot of bonus areas are found by, like, carrying a um, barrel and then running into, like, a, a section of wall, and then it opens up and you go to the bonus area. This game does not employ that, as far as I At know, all. like, ever. Yeah. And so, um, one of the things I, another way that I, like, abuse the rewind feature is I'd be like, oh, like... Is this is there a bonus thing over here? Like, let me just, like, throw myself over there and see if it is. Because if it's not, I'll see just back up, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that also, like, I mean, honestly, just increased my enjoy- enjoyment of this game immensely.
0: And, I mean, if, if uh, you know, any of this sounds, like, distasteful, where it's, like, why would you want to play a, a game where you're, like, ridding yourself of the consequences... The just, like, visual and audio rewards of this game are high. Like, there are varied um, enemy varieties and varied, like, level uh, layouts and aesthetics. Uh, and, like, the end bosses, like Mark said, uh, fun fun to see. They make a joke about uh, their wife being mad at them. Um, so, like, you're rewarded for experiencing the whole game, uh, whether or not you're, like, you know, holding yourself to the highest challenge throughout.
1: Yeah, and I think it really is just, like, how you want to uh, experience this game because you obviously don't have to use the rewind feature, but I, at this point in my life, like, feel very strongly that, like, challenge is not an important part to how I experience games. Um, And so, to me, it is more fun to see as much of it as possible. And so, to be like, okay, yeah, like, um, if there's a barrel over there, like, I'm just curious, like, I would rather explore the level and not have to be like, okay do I weigh, like, man, I've gotten all yeah. this way, so do I want to, like, risk it and go over there? And I understand that for some reason, people, that would be rewarding, but for me, like, that's not how I wanted to play it.
0: Yeah, well, and there are also just, like, a, a ton of different uh, times in this game where either you're on, you know, a, a runaway bobsled, or, like, the elephant won't stop running, or, you know, wh- whatever, where you just need to already know what's coming ahead, um, and, like, you can spend the time dying and memorizing and going over and over again. Um, but like it, it just takes that, you know, and that's all, all it takes is time. And when that doesn't feel like you're being rewarded with uh better skills, but just like the knowledge of what's there, it's not, that's not really rewarding anyway. Yeah. Mark, speaking of the elephant, let's talk about the animal buddies here. Uh, you and I famously have ranked, the uh, animal buddies in Donkey Kong, in the Donkey Kong Country series. I do not remember what we ranked anything other than I know that Rambi is, of course, the best, right? I think that's my memory as well. You know what? I feel like uh, after playing, actually,
1: when we did those rankings, you and I had not played Donkey Kong Country 3. Yes. And having now played this game, I think we did both uh, Kitty Kong and potentially Ellie the Elephant a little bit dirty. Um, Yeah. Like Kitty Kong for sure, I think would be higher in my esteem now than he was at the time. I think we put him at the bottom because we're like, oh, he's a dumb baby and haven't played the game. Ellie, I don't think made it like super high either. Um, But uh, Ellie
0: Ellie is strange to me because I don't know that there are any abilities that Ellie the elephant has that like feels like a a fun um, animal buddy ability, but they use her a ton. Um, and some of her limitations are really what they lean into um, in in her levels. i liked her being able to like uh, uh,
1: suck up water yeah. and then shoot it. But I agree with you that like the main uh, highlights of the Ellie of using LED elephant are, I mean really it's the like uh, the mouse level where yeah. she sees there a are mouse a couple mouse levels. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like where she sees a, mo- if she sees a mouse, one level it like hurts her, like she'll die if she sees one in the light. And then the other one it uses the idea that she sees it and then she starts running really fast. So it becomes kind of like uh dealing with that. Like speed. a mine cart level.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and, and both both are like cool and interesting concepts. She can also um suck barrels uh like closer right. to her yeah. when they're like far away. Um so it's all it's all stuff that you have to sort of like balance around. Um but it almost makes me like I don't know if there was just like a, a series of Ellie levels or like an Ellie uh you know add-on whatever content uh where it's just like where you had to play as her like she almost feels uh, mechanically different enough that she's like a different game almost.
1: Yeah, and you know uh we see the return of um like legs or whatever the spiders called. I can't Squitter. remember. Squitter. Squitter the spider. <laughs> and then uh uh on guard of course, but I yep. think the, and then, uh, you know, there's, like, the bird that will travel above you, and there's a couple of, like, squawks levels, but really, those yeah. are, like, the three main ones, like, we, I don't think we see Rambi at all, no. we don't see there's the, no like, Rambi. bouncy snake from uh, Donkey Kong Country 2.
0: Yeah. Uh, I w- <laughs> Shoot, I thought you were going to name, like, the, uh, the ostrich, and I was going to be, like, e- Expresso, Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I can't think of the name of that bouncy snake. But yeah, I mean the, the the game seems mostly to trade in uh, Ellie on guard and uh, Squitter the spider, um, and like I don't know. Bradley. Bradley. Sort of, Bradley. Yeah. Um, I've got my sort of standard complaints about uh, Squitter uh, of like I don't really think it's fun to make the platforms you have to traverse <laughs> I, on.
1: I did not like the level where um you're playing as Squitter and uh, the like. There's a cannon shooting at you, Ugh. and so I just you just played <laughs> this one tonight. <laughs> and so you have to like make the the platforms as quickly as possible, so that yeah, but um, so you don't like so you don't get hit. Not fun. Did not enjoy it.
0: Nope. Too stressful. I don't like. And I I do like that there are like shields you can hide behind. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think that's cool. Um, but yeah, it's and it's funny because like that is an annoying level with like an annoying feature in it um but it only appears once and like you i have to uh, applaud this game for coming up with those kinds of interesting ideas presenting them once and then just dropping them like i i I do i do think that's cool
1: i also think that this game uh like de-emphasizes the animal buddies compared to the other games like the first game they're integral to a lot of the bonus levels where you can like rack up a ton of one-ups. Yeah. Um, you know, the second game, they introduce a bunch of new ones, and then you use those a lot. This one, they do show up, like, on guard is used a lot in the water levels. Um, you-, you have to use Ellie in a boss fight. Uh, But, f- and, you know, there's, like, levels where Squidder's required. Like, they are there, but they don't feel as, like, important. Like, Ellie gets the most, I would say, like, screen time, and probably because she's the newest. Um, But the other ones, like, the animal buddies feel like they feel appropriately used but they
0: don't feel as emphasized as they do in some of the other games yeah no i i i would totally agree with that um so there is mark did you know there is also a game boy advance version of this game oh i feel like i read something about this so uh unlike the uh the uh, uh the previous two donkey kong country games Um, where there is uh, a donkey kong land there may also be a donkey kong land three but this game also had a a a gba port where some of the things are different um but uh we didn't play it i just wanted to bring it up here um because it it seems like an interesting little um curiosity
1: yeah my understanding is that it has additional levels and i think um like a heavily reworked
0: soundtrack Interesting, interesting, interesting. So there is also a Donkey Kong Land three, uh, in addition. Those Donkey Kong Land
1: games are weird, man. Uh, I, I actually just, don't know that I've ever played one. Maybe we that maybe we should do that. Ooh.
0: I I don't know. You're not going to get me to commit to that on this episode. I have one of them on my uh, on my 3ds, and um, I tell you what, these uh, pre rendered graphics do not look great on mm. the on the Game Boy. Um, not that they look great on <laughs> the Super Nintendo, so mm-hmm. maybe shut my mouth. Um, okay, I, I think that is uh most of what we can talk about in this level or in this uh in this game. Um, Mark, would you recommend that people play this?
1: Absolutely. If if you like, like, I, I feel like the Donkey Kong Country those first three. Now I can say, uh, truthfully, like those first three Donkey Kong Country games are very specific type of platforming, and if you enjoy mm. that um i definitely think it's worth checking out i actually maybe almost would say if you've never played a donkey kong country game no, no that's probably too crazy no, no no no. start with the first one start with the first one but maybe skip the second one i i like the third one a lot i had a ton of fun it was really fun to play a donkey kong country game that felt familiar but is also very different from the first two games and yes. to have it be like a brand new experience was uh really enjoyable.
0: Yeah, and I I will echo that like especially if you are a fan of the original Donkey Kong Country, um, this is likely a game that you missed, right? Like they you have every reason in the world to have not played this game when it originally came out, uh, and every reason in the world to have not played very much of this game when it originally came out. Um, and I, I would say that any of the complaints that you would have had about it, uh, at the time are uh, ameliorated by your ability to rewind or to save states. Um, you know, one of uh, uh, I, I was, I was going to go off about... No, you know what? I, I am going to go off on it. It's the uh, the thing that happens in Super Nintendo games, and specifically in uh, Donkey Kong Country games, is that you have the ability to rack up a lot of extra lives. Um, but when you do so, and then you save the game and turn it off, all of your lives go <laughs> away. so You're annoying. back down to three lives. Uh, but if you can just do a save state here, then those 40 lives that you racked up from, you know, just existing in the first, like, two worlds or whatever... Uh, you get to keep. Uh, so it's it, that's a nice, that is a nice feature. One thing I did notice is that I wasn't collecting uh, bear coins as quickly as I might have uh, otherwise, uh, because I think you collect a bear coin, you die, you play the level again, you collect the bear coin again. Um, so you may have to do a little like intentional uh, bear coin hunting uh, if you were playing using, using save states. Oh,
1: oh, oh yeah, that's another small thing is that like when you complete a bonus barrel in this game, like it uh it marks it, like you are done with it it's if you die you don't have to yeah. go back and redo it again which is different from at least the first game i can't remember if this oh yeah game worked good point
0: um yeah and those are for the the b explosion the bonus coins yeah um and the the bear let me ask you this did you uh, get enough bear coins in uh to buy the mirror
1: yes because swankies like
0: you spend a couple
1: of points oh, sure. and then you can ju- then if you win You farm like uh, I think you get like five or eight or something like
0: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I think I've got forty nine bear coins right now. Uh, I need to get one more in order to buy this (laughs) this mirror and then use it on I forget what. I can't even remember what it does. You give it to one of the you give it to one of the bear brothers and there are thirteen of them and they're all the same, so it's impossible to remember. Um, All right, so uh, that's gonna be that's gonna do it for our discussion on Donkey Kong Country. No. I had one last thing I wanted to discuss. The title of this game, Donkey Kong Country 3, Dixie Kong's Triple, no, Double Trouble, exclamation point. Um, first of all, too long. The title's too long. <laughs> it's a real tongue twister. It's a real tongue twister. Second, why isn't it Triple Trouble? <laughs> well, I think it's because
1: I, I don't have a good answer. I was going to say that it's because like, Donkey and Diddy are missing. Or because it's like her and Kitty teamed up. But I refuse to accept either of those as adequate answers. I'm just saying the, it's the third game, so it should be Triple Trouble.
0: Also, there's good alliteration in Triple Trouble. Come, on. I know, because that was the other
1: one I was going to say. is Maybe it was for alliteration, but Triple Trouble's right
0: there. It undoes the alliteration. All right. Well, I find that to be... Oh, you know, actually, <laughs> I, think we, I
1: think we can really fix this. Because it'd be Donkey yeah. Kong Country...
0: And then Dixie Kong's no, never mind. I mean, Diddy's Kong Quest is also too long, also a mouthful. But there's that weird, that strained pun in there, that Kong Quest, right? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I think that that's worth it. But Dixie Kong's Double Trouble! Exclamation point! It's a little much. No, I don't know. It's a little much. Should be Triple Trouble. Um. All right, Mark. Let's close this out. <laughs> of course i would love to know what your experience is with donkey kong country 3 dixie kong's double trouble uh if you would like to write into us and let us know uh if you played this game when you were growing up if you played it now and you are growing up now whatever whatever whenever you played this game uh we'd love to hear about it you can write to us at nintendo cartridge society at At gmail.com And we can talk about it on future episodes. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share things. It would help us out a lot if you did. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at M-K-E-Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. There is also a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying the less we need to talk about the banana birds, the better. And thank you for listening. an NPE is? Yeah,
1: that's okay, no one does. It's a non-paternal event, and it's what they call it when you do a DNA test and find out that you actually are the milkman's son. Or your parents used a sperm donor. Or you were adopted and no one ever told you. I'm Eve Sturgis, host of Everything's Relative, where I invite my guests to talk about DNA discoveries and how spitting into a tube has changed their lives for better or worse. Episodes are out every other Friday. Find them on Campfire Media or subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Campfire.